Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. We are in full fall gear here in Rhode Island. We absolutely love fall. We love the fall market. We love the fact that the trees are beautiful. The foliage is great. The food is delicious. It can't be better, right? I hope you feel the same way. Things are changing here in the housing market. We're going to be talking about that in a bit. But if this is the first time you've ever tuned into this show, it's all about real estate. It's all about buying, selling, investing. And we have on some top-tier business professionals locally and nationally here to give you the best 411 here about the real estate and business climates in Rhode Island and nationally. So if you've never subscribed to our channel before, make sure to check it out on YouTube. Make sure to go on theroundtableradio.com, check out our podcasts, and, uh, and definitely see our blogs on there as well, too. Fantastic information. Okay, homeowners on the fence and sellers that are currently on the market, you're doing the right thing for the ones that are on the market. For the ones that are on the fence, listen to these numbers, and you can make your own assumption if it's the best time to list right now or if you should wait. Okay? I never want to be that realtor that says, do it now, do it now, do it now. No, do it on your own time. Let me give you the numbers. I mean, if I was selling a home, I would do it right now, okay? But check this out. Let's talk. We're going to do single-family homes. We're going to do multi-family homes. We're going to do condos. We're going to cover the gamut, okay, here in Rhode Island. Massachusetts is seeing like numbers as well. If you live in Mass, if you want the specific Mass numbers, we've got a full team of Mass agents that can help you out, 401 359-2338. And uh, after you're done hearing this in Rhode Island, if you have any questions, 401-359-2338. Okay, single family homes, 39% additional sales in 2017 over 2018. Let me rephrase that. 39% less sales in 2018 versus 2017 for single family homes. That's pretty intense, okay? We're on track to close 711 units this month in September when last year 994 had closed. That's a big difference, okay? That's a lot of homes. Now, some people may say, well, Emilio, the inventory is down. You're correct, but the inventory has not been down 39%. The inventory has only been down 10.7%. So it seems like there's something else going on there. Maybe the the uh, interest rates creeping up. Um, maybe the buyers who got so fed up with uh, the seller's market the way it was so aggressive, maybe they decided to walk away. A lot going on here. But I can tell you one thing. If you have a home that you're listing, you are best off putting that at fair market value or a little under it because I'm telling you, I'm seeing this happen firsthand. Guys, I do this every day. Hundreds of properties my team and I do. Every single day we're seeing this, people are coming in and really, really asking for lower prices and asking for a ton of repairs if you did not price your home correctly to start. Okay, don't chase the market. Don't do that. You don't want to do that. You'll lose money, I promise. So sales prices are approximately 6.9% higher this year over last year uh, regarding September. That's pretty fantastic, right? Homes are selling two uh, fewer days on market uh, in 18 than 17 in September. So needless to say, uh, as we've been saying, home prices should still increase over time. 
but nowhere near where they were. And it's a lot less aggressive because the demand is not how it was in these past months. So again, if you own a single family home, look at these numbers and figure out if you feel it's the right time to list and sell. I'm telling my clients uh, what they hired me to do, and that's to guide them. And I'm suggesting that my clients who are on the fence do list right now. Okay, let's look at multifamily homes. Multifamily home sales, estimated 7% fewer multifamily home sales in 2018 in September versus 2017. Okay, multifamily home sales are 97%. They're selling at 97% of original list price versus 98% of original list price. Now, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting if you look at that for a couple of reasons. Uh, again, I think that shows uh, people were kind of overpricing their home, even if it was by one or two or three percent or so. And buyers are coming in actually now being able to negotiate. So if, if you're listening, if, if you're a buyer, think about that. The multifamily market here in Rhode Island was the absolute hottest it's ever been. And now buyers are going in, 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 in some cases, not all. Okay, and every market's a little bit different. I'm talking about Rhode Island in general, but buyers are going in able to negotiate a bit more than they were. Okay, uh, multis are selling in 24 days on market versus 21 days, so they're sitting on the market a little bit longer and selling for a little bit less compared to the original list price. The median square foot price is down to $75 per square foot from $88. Now, that does not mean that the median price of the multifamily homes is down because it's up 16.5%. But what is happening is because the pricing, in my estimations, for the two families and some of the three families got so ridiculously high, investors had to look for larger properties to purchase to get that cap rate, to get the rate of return that is fit for them. So they started buying a larger home. Okay, and uh, and and those square foot pricings are down. Okay, um, if you have any questions on that, give me a call 401-359-2338. That's my off-air number 401-359-2338. Okay, right now on the market, we've got 690 active and active pending units for multifamily versus last year 697. So the inventory is pretty darn consistent. That's okay. That's good. Still a lot of buyers out there right now. As far as condos go, condos for September 2018 were were supposed to see an estimated 152 sales hit for September when the final numbers are in. Last year, check this out, 211 condos sold in Rhode Island. So that's a pretty big difference. That's almost another 39% fewer uh, sales and that that that's so funny because it mimics what's happening in the single family home market. It's kind of funny, right? And condos are selling at ninety eight percent of original list price in two thousand and eighteen, with three days uh, fewer on market than seventeen. And in seventeen homes were condos were selling at ninety seven percent of original list price. Okay. One other fact that's pretty interesting is a smaller condo is now selling versus a larger condo. So last year, your median condo was three beds, two full baths, okay, 1,348 square feet, and was selling at, uh, it was selling at 229,000 versus today's median condo, 
okay, which is selling two beds, one bath, 1,177 square feet, selling at $219,900. So the square foot pricing is up. However, the median price is down and a smaller condo is now hot. Okay, good stuff. So I hope this information was helpful to you. And if uh, one last fact, condos they, regarding inventory-wise, there's an additional 25.8% on the market. So right now, there's 877 active and active pending condos on the market versus last year at this time, 697. That's pretty intense and that's notable. Okay, so we're going to also, I believe, we are going to see inventory continue to increase here in Rhode Island. Now, this is why I said I want you to make your own assumption, but as a professional that does this every day and monitors the market and writes about it every week, I'm seeing some changes, some pretty hefty changes happening here. And while it's still a seller's market in about 33 uh, I'm sorry, in about 40 of our markets here in Rhode Island, 33 of our markets around Rhode Island are now in a balanced or a buyer's market. That's intense, and that's going to continue to change as inventory continues to hit the market and the demand lowers and interest rates rise. So winter is not a bad time to sell a home because the buyers that are out there are absolutely serious, and there is a surge of buyers hitting the market right now, taking advantage of this market and of the rates before they hit an expected 5.75% next year at this time. So again, to talk specifically about your property and specifically your market, Rhode Island or Massachusetts, whatever town and neighborhood you are in, give me a call. We will set up either a phone conversation or a meeting, and we will go over in detail, let you know exactly what you can get. If you're a buyer, we've got a team of buyer specialists on the Despirito team that are going to assist you to make sure that you do not overpay and that you get what you should. 401-359-2338. 401-359-2338. We've got a fantastic guest coming up, Melissa Delena, and she's going to be talking about as a seller to make sure you do what you say you're going to do when it comes to repair requests. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. This is Emilio Desperado. I'm a local Rhode Island realtor running a team of Rhode Island and Massachusetts realtors. Any questions you have, give me a call on my off-air number, 401-359-2338, and I'll help you out. So we are in the studio today with Melissa Delena with Delena Law, and uh, she's got a fantastic subject to talk about today. Thanks for being here with us, Melissa. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Great to be You're back. Welcome. So today we're talking about sellers' needs to fulfill their obligations under the purchase and sales contracts, more specific relative to repairs. Because this is a problem that we do see happening, especially with the market shifting, and it's not quite such a strong seller's market anymore. Some sellers may kind of dig their heels in a little bit and not want to do everything that the buyer wants. Mm-hmm. So certainly, you know, repairs come up as a normal occurrence relative to the inspection report that the buyer will have completed. And it's expected pursuant to the repair addendums that the seller is going to have the repairs done subject to 
acceptable industry standards by a reputable and recognized contractor. And that's where I feel like a lot of the rub comes in. We are, buyers are expecting that a third party independent is going to go in there and do the roof repairs or, you know, uh, update the plumbing leak that was a problem. And the seller's thinking, well, I'm handy. I can just take care of this. Hmm. That's great if it's your own house and you're living there and you're handy and you can do these things. But pursuant to a purchase and sales agreement, unless it's stipulated and agreed upon otherwise that the seller's going to do the work themselves, that's not really acceptable. Mm -hmm. So it's expected that the buyer is going to have, at the time of closing, an opportunity to make sure that those repairs were done to their satisfaction and receipts for those repairs, confirming that, in fact, a third party did complete these. So that's kind of the first step. And to that end, I feel like there's sort of a side note I need to add. Like, buyers, do you really want the seller to be completing these repairs for you? Or maybe instead you should potentially work with your agent to negotiate a reduction in the sales price or a credit where you take on the responsibility to make those repairs yourself because nobody is going to take on the responsibility of repairs for your house as if you were doing it yourself. I don't care how great your seller is. There may be shortcuts or uh, other places that they can make some determinations that you wouldn't have chosen. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something that as a buyer, I want to maintain that control as to exactly what those repairs are going to look like opposed to letting the seller take that on. I agree with you. Melissa, how do the repair credits work? So, I mean, a repair credit is really done by way of an addendum where the seller says they're going to give the buyer, you know, $1,000 as a repair credit to repair the roof. Now, relative to financing, this does get to be a very fine line because the Mm -hmm. bank does not want to acknowledge that there's repairs that need to be done. And really, the way to do it is to reduce the price. Um, But if you're going to structure it in a credit fashion, that works. You just usually would call it a closing cost credit or just a credit where the seller is reducing the sales price essentially by $1,000 by way of a credit. Sometimes there's a struggle where the buyer may not actually have the money, though. So that can be a problem where they want the repair for the roof. They accept the $1,000 price reduction, but now they don't actually have the $1,000 to come to the table Mm -hmm. to pay the contractor for that work. So in some instances, you know, there may be uh, a way that you can structure it where the buyer actually will say, okay, this is the contractor. This is the repair that we want. It's going to cost $1,000 and the seller just pays it out of the proceeds. But it was sort of directed by the buyer so that the buyer maintains a little bit of control. The seller agrees to make that payment directly to the contractor. And now you, there's verification that the work is being done. There's proof of receipt. So it gives the buyer a little bit more of a comfort level than if the seller was just you know, doing these repairs with some contractor. They buyer doesn't know who it is. They don't know the level of their workmanship, that kind of thing. I think that's a fantastic point. I'd like to throw one more in there. Sure. If you are a buyer and you are not asking for closing cost credits, mm-hmm. okay, which would cover your attorney's fees, your mortgage fees, your prepaids, um, at, like your uh, home inspection, your appraisal, as well as um, escrows, if you're not asking for that to be wrapped up in the mortgage, then you can use this repair credit towards your closing because that $1,000 you'd have to bring to the closing table anyway. So now that's a thousand dollars back in your pocket that you can use to hire whoever you want. Right. And as long as the the buyer has the cash resources available to them, mm-hmm. it you know, it's kind of take it out of one pocket, put it in the other. So I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. 
Uh, there's also the opportunity, Emilio, as you know, at the time of the walkthrough, if not before, where the buyer is going to verify that the repairs were done to their satisfaction. Uh, and I'm seeing this more and more frequently where they're bringing the home inspector back in to mm. verify, especially things that are not visually obvious. So it is really important that the seller is getting these things done in a timely fashion. And one of the conversations we have is what happens if the seller does not do the repairs at all? Mm. Or, you know, they do it themselves and it's kind of a you know, shoddy job and now it's not satisfactory to the buyer. And, you know, maybe we're all the way at the closing table trying to figure out what the next steps are. I mean, mm -hmm. that's not an ideal situation. So as a listing no. agent, you really want to manage your seller to avoid that. Uh, you know, as a buyer, what are your steps? Because really, you've got a technical breach of contract. The seller has not upheld their end of the bargain as a function of this repair addendum not being uh, satisfied. So, you know, worst case scenario, you're probably looking at a delay of the closing because now the buyer is going to insist on the seller having someone come in and do the repairs the right way to their mm -hmm. satisfaction before they close. That's probably the most conservative approach uh, that I and I do recommend it often is just sometimes it's not a wildly popular option. Mm hmm. Um, the other option is it becomes a monetary credit to the buyer after the fact where, you know, the seller then has to concede, okay, well, in order for this to move forward with a closing, we're going to just have to give you this $1,500 it would have cost to have a third party come in and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. So they end up spending more time and money in aggravation because they tried to repair it themselves and then have to pay for the third party to come in and do it. So that's kind of a no brainer. Just do it the right sure. way the first time. What happens if it's after the closing and the buyer finds out that the stuff has not been completed as great? So you're saying that essentially the buyer at the closing didn't realize that these repairs were not properly done? Uh, correct. Well, at that point, really, it becomes a potential misrepresentation action and an action where the buyer would have to pursue the seller uh, separately because the closing has taken place. And, you know, that's really where you're starting to unroll a lot of potential litigation exposure sure. um, for costs. I mean, generally speaking, the buyer, it's, you know, caveat emptor, buyer beware, you're taking the house as is. So there's oftentimes not a lot of recourse that the buyer has after the fact against the seller. There may just be a few, um, you know, minor examples where the seller could be pursued after the fact by the buyer for uh, a very narrow host of issues. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, going on with what you just said, how the buyer basically is taking the property as is, I want to throw something in there. What if there was like an agreed upon, like literally like both parties had a specific agreed upon system to be installed in a property, okay? okay. And, and, and the sellers went with a lower price thing, mm -hmm. which wasn't the same outcome, yep. do you think the buyer would have, do you think they'd have a leg to stand potentially. on? Potentially. Uh, I think potentially sure. there's a leg to stand on depending on if the repair addendum was signed off on, mm -hmm. right? There are certain documents in our systems where if the buyer says, I've agreed and accept the property as is, I think that may preclude the buyer from pursuing the seller. Um, also, you know, my, my initial thought is, was the thing that was purchased, the, the system purchased, was it just not sufficient for the job? Was that maybe an oversight by the company that installed it, like mm -hmm. a heating and air conditioning system where it just wasn't enough powered? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, are we talking about a radon mitigation system that just didn't take? I mean, I don't know enough about the system in this hypothetical, but maybe going back to the company that installed it would be an option that the buyer could pursue, potentially. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's a lot more to that story. I didn't want to get into this 
specific. Right, of course. <laughs> it's fresh. It's so fresh. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. but the other attorney actually said pretty much exactly what you did, how the buyer would probably have some, some recourse in this specific instance. Right, right. So okay. if, you know, if there is, the facts are specific to a place where the buyer can pursue the seller, you know, again, it can become very costly with attorney's fees and litigation and time and energy that, frankly, people don't want to spend after the fact. Like, we want these to be happy transactions. So, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, do Always. it the right way the first time. That is definitely the best medicine. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you have anything else on the list you'd like to no, share? No, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, the buyers Wonderful. don't want to be able to or don't want to have to pursue the sellers for damages. No, not at all. So if you're, you know, if you're selling a home, if you're the homeowner, just do it right. Whatever you agreed with, do it right the first time. If something comes up, there's any hiccups, talk with your agent, allow them to guide you through the process. And if it has to be, if you need legal advice as well, you can speak with your closing attorney. So fantastic information. Melissa Delano with Delano Law. 885-3800. Again, that's 401-885-3800. You can contact Melissa directly there. She's licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Good stuff. Stay tuned. We've got Greg Rice with Nexus Property Management, as well as Courtney Hyder with Energy Monster and Jennifer Jaber with Rhode Island's Top 5 Events coming up right here on the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified, your show for everything real estate. And we're also, we're here to save you money as well. We've got Courtney Hyder with Energy Monster here in the studio with us, and she's going to tell us five easy fall energy saving tips. Thanks for being here with us, Courtney. Thank you for having me back, Emilio. It's a pleasure. Now that we're, uh, you know, transitioning into a new season, figured I'd come back and let you know some ways this fall that we can save some money and some mm -hmm. energy. Uh, and also keep your home comfortable with the upcoming winter season. I'm sure that we're all dreading. Sounds great. No, I love I love winter. I'm excited for it. You're ready for it? Oh, yeah. My home it is, is very efficient, too, thanks to Energy Monster. Well, so that's good. I'm yeah. more of a summer person, so I definitely need to do some things to get ready for fall. <laughs> all right. Um, one thing that's super easy and it's free is taking advantage of the sun. Um, make sure that you have, first off, thick curtains mm -hmm. so that during the night you can close your curtains and keep out any drafts and air leaks. But during the day, you want to open them so that all the sun is coming right into those windows. That's going to naturally heat your home. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, then you won't have to actually turn your heat on as much. So sure. that's one easy thing. Um, another thing you can consider is um, planting trees near your windows. So that during the summer, it's shaded with big, you know, full leaves. Mm -hmm. And then in the winter, when the leaves are gone, you get that direct sunlight through the Wow. Windows. Yeah, that's a Something good point. Something you never thought about. And that's... also planting trees is wonderful for the environment. So it's yeah. like, you know, great. Solid. Um, another thing that a lot of people don't think of, um, and I know I'm super guilty of this, um, is checking to see your water heater temperature. And mm. you need to keep it lower. I love a hot shower, but um, I believe I need to check it out. It might be a little bit too hot. Um, most water storage heaters account for 14 to 25% of your home's energy bills. Wow. So if it's too high, that's probably one of the main reasons why your bill's extremely high. Mm -hmm. um, check it out. Make sure that it's at 120 degrees Fahrenheit. That'll keep uh, your energy costs lower and also prevent scalding from being way too hot. Mm -hmm. Another thing you can do, um, which wouldn't be a free solution, but it would be installing a solar water heater, which is obviously the most energy efficient way to heat uh, your home during all seasons in nice. the water. Okay. Um, number three on my list is take control of your thermostat. Uh, you want to make sure that you set it as low as possible mm -hmm. when you're awake or you're at home. And when you're away or you're sleeping, you want to turn it back 10 to 15 degrees. And if you can do that, 
um, in eight hour increments and keep you know those adjustments, mm-hmm. then you should be able to save about 10% on your monthly energy bills. Wow. I so, sleep better in the cold. Me anyways. too. I like a lot of bundled up with the blankets. You yeah. Know? Um, and also during that no cost home energy assessment that mm-hmm. Energy Monster can set you up with and provide, um, they actually install those programmable thermostats for you at no cost. So that's going to be the easiest way for you to be able to keep those adjustments and make sure that your um, th- wow. thermostat is at the most energy efficient possible. And, and that's energymonster.com? MyEnergyMonster.com. Oh. MyEnergyMonster.com. Um, yep. And just depending on if you're in Mass or Rhode Island, uh, same same services, just different yeah. programs, so you can check that out. Let them know you heard it here on the radio. Absolutely, and we'll take good care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speaking of that home energy assessment, another thing that happens during that—that's another no-cost way to help your home—is uh, locating and sealing up any drafts and air leaks. During that energy assessment, you're going to have a trained professional come out. They're going to use some special tools like thermal imaging cameras to see exactly where your home is. Uh, you know the leaks and the drafts are going out, the cold mm-hmm. spots in your home, um, they're going to recommend sealing them up. Mm-hmm. Um, companies like National Grid cover the full cost of sealing up those drafts and air leaks with a, spresso, a special foam <laughs> that goes around uh, windows, doors, electrical units, a lot of different places where you you don't realize that the heat's escaping oh, or the imagine. cold air's coming in. Especially older homes. Exactly. Mm. Um, and they're also going to look for insulation concerns at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, companies like National Grid and Eversource, they cover 75% off with no cap um, to help cover the cost of that insulation. Mm. That's definitely going to be the best way to save some money and make sure that your home is you know, nice and tight and ready for the winter. Um, so during that no-cost energy assessment, they'll be able to let you know all of that. Nice. During that energy assessment as well, uh, number five on my list is making sure that you have a maintenance plan for your heating system. Okay. Um, You don't want it to be the dead of winter and you try and call somebody like us and Mm. say, oh, my goodness, I have no heat in my house. There's nothing I can do. I need you to get out tomorrow. That's not how it necessarily works. You want to be proactive. You want to do this uh, well in advance. Get somebody out there. Check it out and let you know, you know, you only have this much time. Your your heating system's on the way out. What's your plan going to be? And there are rebates and there are incentives to help replace the heating system, upgrade the heating system, change your heating system, a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. But starting with that energy assessment at no cost, they're going to make sure that your heating system is running, it's it's working the right way and running the most energy efficient as possible. If not, they're going to recommend doing something to change that. Yeah, that's important. If you have elderly parents, too, that are, you know, maybe a couple states away or so, if, if they're here or not. Um, you know, I would have them do that. And Absolutely. actually, Energy Monsters in Florida, Connecticut, Rhode Mass, Island, and Mass. Yep. Rhode Island. Yep. So you can easily go to myenergymonster.com, have them go check it out. This energy assessment is free. Absolutely. And it's because you're already technically paying for it with one of the participating utility companies. Yeah. Which so it's a no brainer. You mine as well. It's pennies a month. Mm-hmm. Have somebody come out, make sure you are set up and that you do have a plan because winter is coming, unfortunately. And, you know, you'd hate to be stuck without heat. Yeah, that's definitely no good. Um, Not at all. And another, uh, just another thing, if you do have a furnace, you want to make sure that the air filter during the fall is clean and free of debris. It should be replaced at least once a month during the peak of winter, oh. but other, other than that, every three months. So if you do have a furnace, make sure that that is ready to go. I'm so Very guilty. important. I, I, I never replaced mine, mm-hmm. and I've been in my house for over a year. 
pretty probably pretty bad. Probably should check it out just to be sure. Yeah. And the air quality too, you know. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Wow. Definitely. So um, if somebody wanted to call first, uh, go online. How Absolutely. They... If you want to get in contact with me directly, again, I'm Courtney, and it's five zero eight seven nine six. 5525. That'll bring you right to my desk uh, and my team in the office. Two girls, Caitlin and Tawny, they're awesome. They'll help you out no matter what state you're in. Uh, we're going to help you make your home the most energy efficient and get it ready for fall and winter. Fantastic. Now, before we let you go, I want to talk with you about insulation because now is the time where people are really looking to have a very well insulated home Absolutely. to save on those energy bills. Energy bills are going up. Yep. Always, right? Rates are going up, and there's nothing we can do about it. No, nothing we can do except we can plan and we can conserve, exactly. and we can also insulate our home better. Yep. Okay, so I'm learning some stuff from you. Absolutely. I'm okay. glad that, hey, that's what I'm here for, this right? Is good. You're, yeah. doing, you're doing a great job. Awesome. Definitely. Uh, all right, so as far as energy rebates go on insulation, yep. can you tell me, first off, let's talk Rhode Island, then let's talk Mass. All right, so here in Rhode Island, uh, it's the Energy Wise program sponsored by Rise Engineering. Okay. They'll come out, like I said, that energy assessment's at no cost. They use a thermal imaging camera. They'll see exactly where you're lacking the insulation, and they'll give you a quote that day to see how much more insulation you might need. Mm hmm. And that's rebated uh, for customers of National Grid is what you have here in Rhode Island. It's 75% off to insulate your entire home that they will cover 75%. So the customer only pays a quarter of the cost to insulate the entire home, attic, walls, basement, whatever you need. Wow. So, so I mean, if it's a $4,000 bill, you're paying 1000 bucks. Exactly. And how much do you think? I know it's kind of tough to say because you mm -hmm. don't have a house in front of you specifically, but is there an average savings or... Is there an idea of what you'd save, 15%, 10%? Most people um, you know, that do the energy assessment, I can just say in general, if you go forward with the air sealing and the insulation, that's where you see the most savings, no okay. matter what. You'll see a dramatic difference in your bills. At least you that's should. And especially if you, you didn't have any insulation at mm -hmm. all. And sometimes people think that just because they just bought a new house or the house was only built a few years ago, it doesn't mean that that contractor that did it has it up to code or yeah. that it, the insulation is up to code now. Mm -hmm. It also settles. So let's get back out there. Let's make sure that you're stacked up, that the insulation is ready. My, and it is 75% off. So, I mean, yeah. you can't be only paying a quarter of the cost for something. Myenergymonster.com. Check it out now. In Massachusetts, how does it work with the insulation? In Massachusetts, it's the exact same thing. Um, it's just that there are a few other utility companies. So if you have National Grid or Eversource, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. They cover 75% um, with no cap. And um, again, you'd only pay a quarter of the cost. That's the same uh, for Columbia Gas customers. Uh, they get 75% off, I believe, only up to $2,000. So that's a cap on that one. Mm -hmm. And currently, if you have Unitil until the end of the year, they're actually offering through the Mass Save program 90% off. Wow, that's so amazing. So Unitil out there in the Fitchburg area in Massachusetts, you are qualified for 90% off. So you only that's pay 10% to get it um, done by the end of the the winter. So. Wow. Myenergymonster.com. Do yeah. a friend a favor if you know if they live out in the Fitchburg area. Absolutely. Give us a call. We'll let Don't. you know exactly what you qualify for. We want to make sure that you save the most money. Another thing, too, is you might be part of a municipality. So maybe you don't pay into one of those utility companies. Mm -hmm. We actually have programs in Massachusetts for that now, too. It's brand new, put on by the Department of Energy. It's the MVP pilot program. There's rebates, incentives, insulation upgrades, all for customers of municipalities who pay town electric and gas and don't qualify for mass save. That's so great. now we can pretty much help everybody. Yeah, great job, Courtney. Yeah, Thank so you. just want to make sure everybody's ready. Give me a call. Again, 508 796 
888-985-5525 or just log on to myenergymonster.com or the Roundtable Radio. You can see me on there, too. Mm-hmm. You bet, the theroundtableradio.com. Awesome. Stay tuned. We've got Greg Rice with Nexus Property Management giving you your real estate property management tips. We're going to be right back here on the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. Thanks for joining us at the Roundtable today. This is Emilio Despirito. I'm a local realtor here in Rhode Island and running a team of real estate professionals in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. And we're talking about everything real estate now, specifically property management right now and opportunities uh, in real estate with our friend Greg Rice from Nexus Property Management. Greg, welcome back to the table. Hey now. Hey, what's what's up, Greg? Nice to <laughs> nice to have you there. Um, nice to have you here with us. And you mentioned before when you were coming into the studio that you wanted to talk about three ways that investing in real estate is actually better than why it's better than investing in the stock market. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people will get their money and say, you know what, I'm going to put it in the stock market sure. instead of buying a rental property. And for most people, the everyday working class like you and me, mm-hmm. it's not the best decision. Why? Okay, number one reason, in my opinion, uh, opinions will differ, but when you own a rental property, you have direct control and influence of the outcome. Mm-hmm. So think about your three families that you're buying. Mm-hmm. You're going to make decisions that affect your bottom line, Absolutely. the tenants, the quality of the building, the condition of the building. You're directly controlling that. Well, I thought you were directly controlling that for me. Well, <laughs> you will be. <laughs> we will be, but we're going off of your direction. Yes. That's my point. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you buy a stock, what control or influence do you have that's legal? <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Solid point. Nothing. You're really a yeah. bystander. Mm-hmm. You're waiting for other people, some boardroom to make decisions, and you're hoping that it works out for you. Mm-hmm. What kind of strategy is that? It's not a strategy. You got me. Yeah. Okay. So that's just my first point here. The second thing is the tax advantages. Mm -hmm. So you know you own a bunch of real estate that everything is deductible except for your principal mortgage payment. Sure. So your interest, your insurance, your water bill, your sewer bill, your property manager, your leasing fees, your maintenance bills. I could go on and on. This is all deductible. Mm-hmm. meaning you're reducing your taxable income. Mm-hmm. But all of these things, Emilio, are improving the property. You're fixing things. You're getting better tenants in there. These are making your place more valuable, more sure. desirable. But the government says, oh, that's an expense. So you see it's a win-win mm-hmm. when you're improving and paying for a property. It's fantastic. Tell me what stocks what deductions you get from income on your stocks. Well, you do, I think you get capital gains, right? You're getting taxed. No, I know. That's you're what getting, I'm saying. You're <laughs> you getting get, whacked. You get hit when you, when you make a big purchase. Yeah. I don't know enough about the stock market. Yeah, so. me neither. I'm totally a novice, but just my topical, you know, blue collar mm-hmm. look at it, it's like night and day. Yeah. And if you lose on a stock purchase, there's no deductions. You lost your money. It's like gambling. L- let me ask you, what, do you, what are the, the common returns on, on real estate? Let's say if you buy a three-family, what is your return every year? So I was going to get into that. My third point Okay, is um, you, know, you have leverage and flexibility. Mm-hmm. 
So when you buy a property, assuming you buy it right, it should appreciate how much per year? Maybe 5%, 10% if you're lucky? Very lucky. I mean, we've been seeing that over the past few years, but I'm thinking 35 to 5 Okay. So say it's 5%. Sure. 10 years go by. You've just gained 50% equity mm-hmm. that you didn't have before. It's huge. So what you can do is tap into that equity, grab some cash out, and you can go to Tahiti, you can go to <laughs> South Providence, or you can buy another property. Mm-hmm. But all the while, my getting to your point here is you're collecting the rents. Sure, sure are, yeah. So you should be collecting, in our eyes, about a 20% return or greater per year. Mm. 20% return on your what initial, number are you basing that? On your, your initial, initial investment. Correct. Okay. Wow. I mean, to, the stock market does, what, 8, 8%? On average, average return, on average, which is good money. I mean, it's, it beats inflation, but it, and you're saying twenty plus percent when yep. you buy a rental property correctly. So you're getting the eight nine percent in the stock market, but you're not getting the deductions. You're, you're not, not getting, getting the appreciation. The appreciation, the passive income from yeah. the rents. Like the stock market, in my opinion, is for your four hundred one k, because you have no choice; it has to go there, or if you're just loaded. The stock market's also really great for the people that can watch the market or that have a really good pulse on it as well. Right. So I and and a lot of the most the wealthiest people I know are doing both, but a lot of their more money is tied to real estate than the stocks. Correct. Stocks is kind of like a side thing. It's an extra income, definitely. It's fun too. It is. It I is. do a little bit, and it's just to kind of dabble, and it's really a gamble. You know, I'm not an expert on anything. I'm not involved in any companies. I'm just kind of reading the news and making a decision. Well, you are involved with Nexus Property Management, and you guys are now actually franchising out, and you have now two franchisees, which is fantastic, Florida and Fall River. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you at some point or another, you're going to see these guys on the stock market. Well, maybe not. (laughs) Maybe you might not want to go that route, but they may be getting traded publicly, the route that these guys are growing right out of lovely Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And I I don't see, and people sometimes they think Pawtucket, not so lovely. I love the architecture down there. What you guys have done to your building is really some bright hope uh, for the future of of lovely downtown Pawtucket area. Greg, thank you very much for being here with us. Absolutely. If somebody wants to look you up to get more info, how do they do it? NexusPropertyManagement.com. NexusPropertyManagement.com. Thank you so much. Let's hear what Jenna has to say about the top five events. And on the line with us, we've got Jennifer Jaber with RIblogger.com letting us know about the top five events here in Rhode Island. Jen, welcome back to the roundtable. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So for all the Shrek fans out there, which even before I came, became a mom, I loved Shrek. I think it's hysterical. Me too. Yes. Um, the Stadium Theater presents Shrek the Musical on October 12th at 7.30 p.m., the 13th at 7.30 p.m., and the 14th at 2 p.m. You can follow the adventures of Shrek during this hilarious production based on the DreamWorks animated film. Um, the show will be filled with singing, dancing, and just, an all-around musical comedy, so definitely make plans, uh, bring the whole family to see that one. Good times. Saturday, October 13th, is the Richmond Fall Festival at the Richmond Town Hall Lawn from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. There'll be free trick-or-treating, pumpkin decorating, crafts, and over 40 vendors. There'll be handmade jewelry, birdhouses, cards, soaps, um, plants, produce, baked goods, and much, much more. And 
free kids' activities. So if you're looking for something to do with the little ones to keep them busy. Saturday, October 13th is the 6th Annual Exeter Fall Festival at Yagu Valley Ski Area from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. There'll be local vendors, pumpkin painting, music, carnival games, quilt raffle, books, food, baked goods, and all proceeds benefit the Exeter Public Library. And it will also feature the annual used ski and snowboard sale. Uh, so you can get ready for the winter weather because it's yes. never too soon to start talking about that. Yes, you bet. I taught my little girl how to ski on Yago. Fantastic place. Oh, to... Yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to some snow this year. Me too. I'm sure nobody else is. But yeah. <laughs> The 28th Bowen's Wharf Seafood Festival will be on October 13th and 14th from 11 to 6 on Saturday um, and 11 to 5 on Sunday. It's rain or shine because it's under the tents and it's free admission. The festival has been named one of the 10 fabulous fall festivals on the coast by Coastal Living Magazine. It honors the harvest of the sea, so you can expect fresh local seafood, fish tacos, lobster rolls, oysters, calamari, signature cocktails, uh, whalers brewing beer will be there. There'll be live music the entire weekend, cafe-style seating. Um, So it's just a great family fun day with obviously delicious seafood. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, the annual Narragansett Firefighters Ball um, will be on Saturday, October 13th from 7 to midnight. Tickets are $25 per person, and the fundraiser will raise money for the high school scholarship, wellness and fitness um, community outreach programs, as well as other local charities. So it's a great event to support. And it's open to the public. You can don your cocktail attire, which is always fun. There'll be a cash bar, light appetizers, live music, and dancing all night long. Fantastic. And they can check it all out at Rhode Island Blogger, riblogger.com, right? Absolutely. Very good. Thank you very much, Jen. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great week. You bet. You too. What a great show today. Thank you very much for tuning in. This has been the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. You can check out all of our segments on theroundtableradio.com. You can hear all of our podcasts. And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and like us on Facebook. So you can get all of the latest information, see all of the latest homes that are listing on the market as well. It's fantastic. Give me a call if you have any real estate questions off air, 401-359-2338. Again, 401-359-2338. My team's helping folks in Rhode Island and Massachusetts buy and sell real estate. So I'd like to quickly thank Greg Rice with Nexus Property Management, Melissa Delano with Delano Law. Courtney Hyder with Energy Monster, Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com, Christina, our producer, Bill, our station manager, and you, our listeners, for staying tuned every single week here on the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. Thank you so much. God bless you. We'll see you next week.